0: regularly or even obsessively bashes Mike Tomlin, this episode is not for you because you'll hear what I'm about to say and take it a little too literally, I fear. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovachevich of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way every Monday through Friday all year long, even when there's nothing going on in the NFL like right now. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of penguins and pirates. This, this is it. This is the concept that I'm going to share with you today. And it's based on more than conceptual matter. But I, I want to present it to you first as the concept. And it's this. Mike Tomlin could be in his last year as head coach of the Steelers. Anybody who's followed my work, whether written, spoken, viewed, whatever it is over the years, knows I am anything but a rumor monger. When someone asks me a a question about this and that, speculation, whatever, 99 times out of 100, you'll get out of me. I I don't do that. Go elsewhere. Read something else. Find somebody who's just name-dropping. It's not me. But in this event... I'm going to put forth a couple scenarios for you here, one of them based on information, and you can take it wherever it is that you like. Tomlin is entering a 2021 season that lines up in every possible way to be much more of an end than it is a beginning. Not for him, for the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterbacks last season. I think we can agree on that. GMs last season. I'll bet we can agree on that, too. Kevin Colbert keeps signing these one-year deals, and everybody, including Art Rooney himself, keeps dropping these hints that this is going to be it for Kev. This is going to be it for Kev. And then there's the head coach, who's been around for a while now, You know, maybe we in Pittsburgh still think of Tomlin as younger because that's how he came along. You know, he had all that, still does, that fire and energy and everything else. And he doesn't behave like an old dude. The fact is, though, he's been around for a while. And when you're talking about high-stress jobs, I would put NFL head coach somewhere... In your top five, like right up there with like President of the United States and and other things like that. Stress I'm talking about, not importance, stress level. It's a demanding job all year, not just the three hours every Sunday that you see them, all year, morning, noon, and night. And I could see why after you've, you know, achieved quite a bit and you've been with the same group of people for a really long time. The last thing you want is to feel like you're starting over unless you have that same, same drive that you did the day you showed up in the NFL. And a man of Tomlin's personality and passion and awareness is going to know whether or not he still feels that. None of us can answer that. None of us can know that. But he will. So when he finishes up the 2021 season in whatever form, successful, failure, who knows, And he realizes, in one direction or the other, this is it. Meaning for Kevin Colbert, meaning for Ben Roethlisberger, meaning for who knows who else. But those two in particular, because he's worked so closely with both of them for so long. They've been so important to everything about his job and his life with the Steelers. And then they're gone. And then you realize, no matter what approach you take in that following off-season, it's a start rather than an end. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg Garbitt, Kelly & George. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been designated as super lawyers for over 15 years. That's a capital S and a capital L. Like, I don't know that they wear capes or what, but they are super lawyers, and they have gotten this designation for a decade and a half, emblematic of the top 5% of attorneys in Pennsylvania. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or give them a call at 888-842-5454. Larry Kelly out at LGKG. He's he's Clark Kent in real life. So what's this information? That's all you you're like f- hitting fast forward on the podcast. What's this information? What are you talking about? What information? I'll just say this, and, and this is uh, I don't know. It, it's not. I wouldn't call it hearsay because that's too weak. But to call it more than that would be too strong. But I I have heard that Mike Tomlin recognizes where he is uh, at this point in his career and in his life and with his kids in college and that there is a chance that he could be viewing this the way I described it in the opening segment. I'm not holding back on you here. I, I'm, not, I'm not like dropping a hint, and I actually know a lot more. I'm sharing everything that I've heard on this, and as you can tell, it isn't much. But there's a certain group of people, which, by the way, includes dead, past tense, Marquise Pouncey, that he saw as being really, really just a big, big part of his time, his tenure as the Steelers head coach, who either aren't around now already or won't be around after 2021, Tomlin is uh, among many other positive traits that he has in his life. Uh, he's a very involved dad, as you can imagine from someone who has that uh, that nature and that spirit. Right? Uh, I've seen him in in settings, including private settings, uh, with his kids. Uh, when you see them together, they look inseparable. I, I could. I can envision all of this stuff that I've heard. And being honest with you here, it wasn't until I heard this stuff that I just mentioned that I began thinking about all the rest. We'll see where it goes. I could be a thousand percent wrong. Even though I didn't really make a prediction here, this won't come to pass. Tomlin could find some other magical second life and say, Wow, look at us. We're about to embark on a brand new era. We're going to trade up to get a quarterback to replace Ben in the 2022 draft, and it's going to be a glorious new time for the Steelers. I'm going to break all the franchise records of Chuck Nolan, Bill Cowher, put together, but no, I'm not seeing that or feeling. We'll see, though. When we come back, just one question. even going on, is that you get different types of questions. It's not always just, are they going to take a running back or not, uh, or what's this juju thing, or whatever. This one comes from Randy, and he says, DK, I went back to your podcast last week about the NFL global expansion to see if this was addressed, but do you think the NFL should or would ever merge with or buy out the CFL. Climate issues and knowledgeable fan bases seem to favor moving north versus Europe. Also, regional travel would seem an advantage to existing divisions. Uh, In the event that anybody doesn't know, CFL is the Canadian Football League that has its own rich and deep history that goes back a century. That's The the Grey Cup is treated in Canada not quite like the Stanley Cup in hockey but it's a really, really, really big deal. Uh, when the Winnipeg Blue Bombers won it uh, last in the last season that the CFL actually played, uh, it was the first time for that franchise, and the people of Manitoba treated it, again, not quite like the Jets winning the Stanley Cup, but it was a, a monstrous event, uh, and it is wherever it happens in Canada. Uh, they've fluctuated between seven and eight franchises for a few years. And in the last handful of years, they've had a push across Canada to build new stadiums for these teams. The one in Winnipeg is just gorgeous over on the east side of the city. Uh, the one that was built in Saskatoon uh, for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is even prettier. Uh, it's uh, it's hard to describe. It's like the prettiest football stadium you'll ever see. So they take their CFL very seriously. They don't consider it to be a minor league. They're very proud of it. But, but, if it sounds like I've been building toward a but here, there's a massive one. They are in huge financial trouble to the point where people are debating whether or not the CFL can even continue to exist. And to the extreme that CFL leaders met recently with officials from the XFL to study if there might be some kind of merger or sharing agreement or something like that between those two operations now that i don't understand at all i mean that's just a, to, to me that's just an act of fiscal desperation on the cfl's part if you're the nfl let's say you were to do something like this or entertain something like this there's all kinds of hang-ups to it the nfl has always left the cfl alone and the Best evidence of that is that they've never touched Toronto, one of the biggest cities in all of North America, which could support an NFL team 10 times over. They've never touched Toronto. Montreal, also a pretty good football town with the Alouettes. And in the uh, older days when they had the World League up there, big, big crowds. They've never touched these cities. BC Lions in Vancouver, big deal, would also make for a great rivalry with the Seattle Seahawks. They never touched it because the NFL has always viewed the CFL as kind of off-limits, maybe in an old-school kind of way. So if you did this, and then on top of that, the Canadian government and private enterprise and everybody that participated in putting together all these fabulous new stadiums that I just described to you in Winnipeg, Saskatoon, Ottawa, what would happen to them? And can the NFL handle being 38 or 39 franchises deep? Or do you just move the Jaguars to all of those cities? That's my solution for everything. No, but but seriously, I I, I think this is a fun subject to entertain. And I I'd love to see the CFL find a way to thrive, but there's so many roadblocks to it for it. There's a difference in rules, but it's a historical difference in rules, and it's significant, and there's no question that you'd have to force the NFL rules onto the Canadian game instead of the other way around, and that would build resentment for the 30 million people up there, a lot of whom love not just football but love Canadian football. There'd be an even bigger resentment when it comes to what impact you'd have on Canadian football at all levels because the CFL – is not a minor league of the NFL. It has nationality requirements. They're only allowed to take X number of American players on each roster because you know what would happen otherwise? (laughs) Those rosters would be 100% American, maybe 98% American. So they would lose that component to their game. And then what happens when a Chase Claypool is growing up 20 minutes to the east of Vancouver, is he still playing high school football, or are they all telling him to just go play hockey and grow up and play for the Canucks someday, you know? Fascinating, fascinating discussions. you can tell, I could talk about this one all day. Please send me great questions like this, even if it only keeps me entertained. We'll do this again tomorrow.